So again, my name is John Ray. I'm one of the elders here at, at Grace Church. We have a teaching team. We're going to talk about that more later. I'm the head of the teaching team, um, so I get to be up here quite often. And, uh, and I grew up in Austin, and I'm old. Um, so if I said, hi-ho, what would y'all say? Who said it? Yes! If I say, hi-ho, you say, silver for the Lone Ranger, right? So does anybody not know who the Lone Ranger is? I mean, like, okay, yeah, man, that one's going to take. So the Lone Ranger was Clayton Moore when I was growing up, right? And he was a Texas Ranger who was ambushed by Butch Cavendish and his gang. And the whole crew was wiped out except for the Lone Ranger. And he took to wearing a mask and avenging injustice everywhere he went. And his horse's name was Silver, and his dog's name was Bullet, for those of you who are really looking for trivia. And he would come into town on Silver's white steed, and he would set things right. He would make all things right, and then he would ride off into the sunset. And the Lone Ranger, of course, is a type that we see in American culture. And, and it's everywhere. You see it, whether it's Rambo, whether it's Jessica Jones, whether it's Deadpool. It's the, it's the mythological, idealized idea of aloneness. Of the one person who handles everything, sets everything right by themselves. And if there is an enduring idol in American culture, it's that. It's the idea of the Lone Ranger the person who doesn't need anybody else, who can't form attachments, who has been either by violence or some other situation has been disconnected from the rest of the community and can only enter into the community to do things, but as soon as the job is done, must disconnect, must leave. We're going to talk about community here today. And it's important that as we do this, we recognize what forms our imagination. And if we don't recognize how the Lone Ranger mentality has formed our imagination, we're never going to get to where we need to be, understanding what community really is about with that. Those of you who are visiting, we're, we're wrapping up three weeks of going through our Discovering Grace materials, and this is really important. I was humbled just this week, just this week, I was using... Um, I was using verbiage, I was talk, talking about things and referring to things, and someone goes, wait a minute, why are you doing that? That's not what it says in the Discovering Grace material. And I, I caught me, I wrote most of this stuff, and I wasn't living it out. We need to remind ourselves, look, this is not about new information. When we go back and we revisit this, and oftentimes even when we go back to the Bible, it's not for new information, but it's to remember it. It's to measure ourselves against it. How are we doing? You may know the story. You may know the principle, but really, how are you doing in relationship to it? And then how do you go deeper into it? And so that's what we're doing. That's why we're going through this um, this material again, and what it is reminding us of and what it is showing us about ourselves. Along with 
that idea of the Lone Ranger, there's another idea that we have to expose and we have to deal with. Because whenever we start talking about church, we kind of go two ways. And we do this with a lot of things. One is that, especially, and we'll talk about this later, if you've listened to the news and you've seen the things that have come out recently, you're like, I'm done. I'm done with it. It's all bad. There's no redeeming it. Church is abusive and ugly and not worth it and bad. Or you may have the idealized, the romanticized idea that church should be the place where nobody gets in a fight. Everybody's pretty. Everybody's healthy. Everybody does what they're supposed to do. There's no, like church is where you come when you're perfect with that. That to me is um, one of the things that we have to deal with straight away is that romanticized ideal. This idea that somehow people are going to stop being people when they come to church. Somehow we're going we're to be different here in this context than we are other places with that. That the church just is not going to deal with those things that we have to deal with at home or in our business or in our social circles. We have to lay that aside just like we have to lay aside the ideal of the Lone Ranger. Now I say all this. And one of the reasons why we can do this, why we can go through this material, is I am incredibly encouraged with where we are as a church. I tell people all the time, I say, Grace Church is by far the healthiest spiritual community I've ever been a part of in 30 years of ministry and 54 years of life. We're a mess, yes, but comparatively, the things that we have going for us as a church body when I share with other pastors, when I share with men, women who are pastors, who are working in churches, working in nonprofits, working in mission organizations, and I brag on Grace Church, and I share about it, you, you wouldn't believe the responses of how envious people are for what we have. And that's hard for us to see because we're so close to it. But we approach this rejoicing and grateful for what we have. So today we're going to talk about community and we're talking about how we're formed as a community, how we practice that community. We talk about, as Grace Church, we, our motto is to love, live, and serve. And we do that together. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter writes this, You yourselves as living stones are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And we, we've talked about this before, how God's presence is dwelling now not in a physical location. God doesn't choose a building made of brick and stones with spires or stained glass, but God dwells when people get together. God dwells when we come together in the name of Jesus for the sake of the kingdom. That's where people meet God. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how the gospel is witnessed. The gospel is preached by how we relate to one another, by our coming together. That we are both sign and symbol. We are message of what the gospel means by how we live with each other. 
And this may be one of the hardest things that we need remembering because even now I catch myself talking about this building as Grace Church. And it's so hard to break the habit, right? The church is not a building. This building is 2828 Crossover. We call it 2820. That's why we do it. And we, but we have to reinforce that or we will just slip into the cultural understanding that church is a building you go to church, you leave church. No, we are church. We are the church when we come together. And we go as the church when we serve in groups together outside of that. So what keeps us from doing this? If we believe, if we really believe that church is a team sport, that we're stronger when we participate together, that none of us can do this alone, that the Lone Ranger mentality is toxic to the church, what, what keeps us from it? Well, I would say fear is the main thing. Fear is a huge factor in that. Distraction. Really disbelief, because we say we need people, but do we really act like it? Do we really live like it? And I would say there's a lot of plan Bs out there as well. I would say there's a lot of thinking around, well, hey, yeah, it would be nice if church did that. But let's do something else. But if it doesn't, I got another idea. If it doesn't, we'll go over here and do this. And all of those things work to corrode the ties that bring us and hold us together when we operate in those things. The major way I think that we address that, specifically fear, is that we have to understand that community doesn't start with us. The community starts with God's love for us. We're not here because we're good. We're not here because somehow we passed a test and got to be here. We're here because of what God has done in us, through us, and among us. That it all starts with God's love. I was my friend Bob's in from out of town, and we were talking yesterday about how this is this is one of the hardest things to reconcile with our experience is how much God loves us. To really let ourselves be truly, fully, unconditionally loved by God is one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing. I think there is to do for a human being is to recognize the depth, the width, the intensity, the completeness of God's love for us. When we do that, when we recognize that it all starts with God's love for us, not something within us, then we can be free from that fear. Then we can be free from the disbelief. We can be free from the distraction. When we see it all as gift, we are a gift to each other. Every one of you is a gift to this community. And we, in turn, are that gift to the world. And we can do that without fear, and we can do that without arrogance, and we can do that humbly when we recognize that it all starts with God. It all starts with Him. Well, some of the things we talk about also with that is how here at Grace Church, Jesus is the head of the church. 
we yield to his guidance and authority over it. We recognize here that every member of the body is equipped to live out and share the kingdom and to be a minister of the gospel. And that's a very important point with this, is that that community is necessary because all of us are equipped to be ministers. Yes, there is a vocation as a minister, I recognize that. But, but just because you may not be a vocational minister doesn't mean you don't have a ministry. Everyone in here, and if we are to function as God has designed, we all have to participate. We all have to be here. We're all encouraged to be passionate followers of Jesus, regardless of who we are or where we are in our faith journey. Listen, again, I said earlier, there's no test. You're not here because you passed a test. You made the cut somehow. You're here because God's called you here. God's gathered you here. And you have something for this community. It's going to look very different for every person. And you don't have to like get to some kind of spiritual level of maturity, some arbitrary mark before you're like, okay, now I've got something to give. No. All of us have something to give. All of us right now, wherever we are in our faith journey, have something to offer. And then we say everyone is encouraged to develop their personal relationship with the Creator and with each other. The two cannot be separated. You cannot have a growing, thriving, intimate, loving relationship with God disconnected from other people. It's impossible. The two go together. Scripture is very clear that it says, how can you say that you love God when you don't love, that you can't, who you can't see when you can't love your brother or sister who you can see? The two go together. So what does it mean to be plugged in then to this church? What does that really look like? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not being self-sufficient. It's not being self-focused. And it's not being self-satisfied. Look, there's no textbook definition for what it means to be part of Grace Church. Sometimes we use the word members, sometimes we use the word family, sometimes we just say they're part of the church. We don't have real strict terminology around that. But I can tell you what it's not. It's not being satisfied apart. It's not being self-satisfied. It's not being self-focused. But it's sticky, isn't it? How many of you read Ashley's post on the blog this week? You need to read it. It's so good. Because the minute we start talking about this, and the minute especially someone like me starts talking about this, the guy with the microphone who's up here, right? Well, it can sound, it can sound real self-serving to me. Honestly, right? I mean, come on, let's admit it. You look at me and you go, well, that, that's what John says. John's supposed to say that, right? He's the guy up front. Of course John is going to say that. So I, I struggle to know how to present this in a way that doesn't sound like that. And so I do this. I, I confess that church is a messy place. Jane and I have been through two incredibly toxic ministry situations that were so brutal in a way that at one point I contemplated suicide. 
not seriously, but the thought started to enter my head. We see the reports, again, that have been released on the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania and on Willow Creek and these places, and we recognize even if it hasn't happened to us directly, it happens all around. Churches aren't just messy at times. At times they're toxic. At times they're abusive. At times they're destructive. Sometimes, even at the best, they're distracted with that. So when we talk about being plugged in, believe me, I understand what I'm asking. I'm not asking for a casual commitment. I'm not asking for just leftover. Better, maybe, it's what God is asking. To be all in. Clear-eyed, though, with no romantic illusions. We're going to rub each other the wrong way. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to misunderstand each other. Ryan talked about at the teaching meeting this week about how we use words, and we've said this before, right? We all use words, but we have very different dictionaries. We're using the same vocabulary, but one word can mean something very different to two different people. And so we end up misunderstanding each other. We end up hurting each other. We end up ignoring each other, feeling ignored with that. Listen, I get it. Believe me. I get it. But here's the thing, it's worth it when we see, when we catch a vision for what the church, the gift that the church is to the world, the gift that we are to each other that Jesus gives us in this place. It's inescapable what it is. I remember um, when we first got when we first got pregnant, when Jane first got pregnant, because I definitely was not pregnant. And people were like, oh, you better take a shower now because you're not going to have one for nine months after the baby's been. You know, you better go out and eat. Enjoy your last hot meal. Right? All the warnings they give you, first timers. Anybody else or was that just us? Did they just look at us with pity and make that? And here's the thing, everything they said about it was true. <laughs> it was true, like, we didn't eat hot food for I don't know how long. The first time Jane got a full night's sleep after Hope was born, she woke up and she goes, I've been born again. <laughs> it was all true, what they said, all the warnings. Here's the thing, who cares? Who cares? We had hope. We had this baby this red-haired, squalling human being. Like, yeah, it was true, but so what? Look at what we got. Now, I know at times it's hard to see that. I know in the middle of the mess. And that's, but, but in some ways, we have to think about the church in the same way. Because, yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be messy. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you friends, right? Because you're going to have to choose. You can't, you're going to have to choose who to spend your time with, where to spend your time. And listen, oftentimes the people here in the church, they're not, they're not number one. Now, they may not be at the bottom of the list, but they may not be at the top of the list who we want to spend time with, right? But you have to choose where you're going to spend your time. 
Where are you going to live? Where are you going to work? All that's affected by church. I'm going to tell you, that's hard. But look at what we get. Look at what we get. The one who has loved us, the God who has loved us unconditionally, who loves us unconditionally, unconditionally now, who will always love us unconditionally, has given us the gift of the church and then given us as a gift to the world. And if there's something that really motivates me, if there's something that I, I wish I could, I could say with so much more clarity, so much more articulation, it's how we are the only hope of the world. And as soon as I say that, I know it comes off as arrogant. I know it comes off as exclusive. But y'all, we are the only hope of the world. The church is the only hope. There is no plan B. There is no other way. Sure, there are good things. Sure, there are short gap measures. Sure, there are ways we can get around other things. But ultimately, in what really matters, in what is eternal, the church is God's mission, mode, way of proclaiming the gospel to the world. We're it. And so the gift that we have been given, we are to be that gift to the world. That's worth all the suffering. That's worth all the sacrifice. Not that we're trying to earn anything, but we're just trying to live out who we are as a result of the gift. We're trying to share that. We are, we are beggars who have found food, living in a starving world, who want to just share that food with others. This is going to take everything that we have. This is going to take the constant practice of coming together. This is going to take the constant discussion, debating, figuring it out, changing that we do as a church. There's a whole section in our Discovering Grace materials that are devoted to, to how we're structured with leadership and things like that. I'm going to tell you, we're, we're practicing that and we're in the process of transitioning that right now. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it this morning because we're looking at how that needs to evolve because of who we are as a church right now. But I, I will tell you this, we are committed to doing ministry in teams. This is not about, again, about the Lone Ranger. This is about doing things in team. Is it, is it less effective at times? Yes. Slower? Absolutely. Frustrating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's our commitment, is to do this together because we learn that way. We all grow that way. We're playing the long game here, y'all. It's a weird dichotomy at Grace. It really is. Because in one sense, we, the reason we're even in this building is because we know we can walk away from it. Financially, we, we, our budget has usually held up pretty well. Hasn't been excessive, but it, we also haven't had to 
you know, put big pushes in for finances. And we talk about, hey, look, if things fall apart here, we can all walk away. If things fall apart at the shirt, we can, we can all walk away. It'd be terrible, but we could do that. At the same time, we balance that with we are here, we are committed for the long haul, for the rest of our lives. Like what we do here is with a very long horizon. We're not playing for the immediate game, for the immediate gain. We're planning, we're preparing, we're building, we're going for the long haul here with that. We hold those two things in tension with that. But one of the reasons why, or one of the ways that's expressed is that we do things in teams. We do things in groups. No matter what this, the ministry is, we're always trying to build that around teamwork with that. Look, y'all, all of this that's necessary, the humility, the peacefulness, the sacrificial love, understanding servanthood, all the things that we see played out in Scripture are given to us by grace. That's our name. That's our name. It's also our practice, is to recognize that these things, each other, this time is given to us by grace. It's a gift. So if you're part of grace, if you're considering being part of grace, you need to know we're going to do this together. And we're doing it together not because we're the best, not because we're the brightest, the most talented. We're doing this together because this is who God has given us. This is who we are. We're God's gift to each other with that. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now. And I want to end with an image. So always right at the end of the of the Lone Ranger episode at the end of the movie where the lone vigilante has come in and cleaned out all the bad guys. It's the image of the, the townspeople standing, waving as the cowboy rides off into the sunset. You know what? Let's let him ride off. Let's let the Lone Ranger ride off. And then let's, instead of longingly looking at the horizon, let's turn and look at each other. Let's turn and look at the community that we have. Let's look at who we are and the gift that we're giving, given to each other, and recognize that what we have in each other is all the gift we need. Thank you for being here. I'm going to turn it over to the worship team and also ask you, to come and participate in the table of Jesus. Jesus has never left us alone. Jesus has never ridden off and left us to our own devices. Jesus is here. He is a Savior who has come into this community and is present by the Holy Spirit, is present by the elements from this table, and is present by giving the gift of each other to each of us. We don't dismiss by rows here. Our table is open to all who are seeking Jesus. As you're led during worship, you can come up and take communion. We also share in the offering, the, the sacrifice of the offering here. And this is a time to pray and to reflect. And we're really glad you're here this morning.